I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, well, we just dropped out here at the uh, Inspired Evolution, and uh, I might edit it out. I might not. I might upload these as two files. Um, but just to quickly touch back into it, uh, your host, Amrit Sandhu. Today we have here Lachlan Winner, the Freedom Project. There's a part to this audio just before this part. Go tune into it. Start falling all the way in love with Lachlan, and then we'll pick up where you've left off. If not, you were just listening to that, and you're here now. You're obviously in love with Lachlan. So uh, Already. here we go. We were just touching on the flow stage. And uh, I'm not sure how much of that recorded. I guess the the last thing I sort of put to you was uh, just touching on the flow state. And um, you know, obviously, there's the the book stealing fly fire and um, and the flow genome project with Stephen Kotler and Jamie Will. Um, but obviously, recently you had um, Tony Florio of Flow Real on on your podcast show, and you know, we were discussing how. Um, just how forgiveness and uh, well, we we went from t- uh, you know talking about changing states and how important it is to manage you know how you feel about a situation rather than just letting all your situations impact you, um, and then touching on what how big forgiveness can be in terms of a game changer in terms of letting things go because it it can feel like a resistance in terms of flow, uh, not just on a personal level but also on a business level, and uh, you were just going to try and explain to us um, which. Yeah, you were doing really poetically until the audio dropped out. Um, what is what is a flow state? Yeah, what is flow right. to you? Okay, so the, the the flow, if I can borrow from uh, Stephen Kotler and and Jamie Wheel, um, you know, they they basically they give it uh, an acronym STIR, which is selflessness, timelessness, effortless effortlessness, and richness of uh, of a feeling. So when nice. you get, yeah, it's so nice, isn't it? It just conjures up such beautiful imagery. Um, when you get into a flow state, it might be surfing, it might be skydiving, it might be just something at work, it might be on stage giving a talk, it might be climbing a rock, it could be anything at all. You have this feeling of, of timelessness, oh, sorry, selflessness, timelessness, effortlessness, and richness. And what happens is, 
you really just get outside of your own head and are totally ensconced in the moment. You are living, breathing that moment, and sometimes you're so involved in that moment that the moment seems to stand still. And, uh, and time kind of halts and you're in this suspended animation of just being in this, this emotion or in this feeling. And basically what happens is, you know, modern day society, we're kind of, we're feeding ourselves on, on, uh, cortisol every day, which is the numbing, uh, effect of a drug that is there to, to create fight or flight. Like we see a rock and say, is that really a rock or is that a tiger? And, and these, this cortisol helps calm us and put us in a place to make rational decision. Now, the problem with cortisol is that, you know, if we uh, become addicted to this and we're having this, we're in this constant state of stress, it starts killing our neural pathways that, that connect us with happy thoughts or love or whatever. It seems to be you have, you know, primarily negative or positive thoughts. It starts killing the positive um, pathways. Now, when we get into these flow states, people are suggesting that now we can tap into it. We can engineer these flow states and we can create uh, these different chemicals in our brain that will get us into this flow state. And it's, it's you know, a rush of dopamine, a ru- uh, L-dopamine, a rush of serotonins, endorphins, oxytocin, which is the, the love drug, and, uh, and norepinephrine nor epinephrine which is a tough one it's a mouthful to get out because it's it's not just something like i know it sounds kind of lofty Mm. um but it's actually something that is grounded in a whole bunch of science Um, oh yeah they obviously you know because they they, like i found this genius but the the way they first started exploring this was you know snowboarders they tapped like they put these little geopads on their brain and um and they they sent them down a slope and you know doing these 1080 mega ridiculous like stunts where if they didn't land it it was guaranteed that they weren't in a flow state because they pretty much killed themselves. You know, like in that point, the only way you can nail it is if you've surrendered to flow. Like, and the most, the biggest takeaway I actually got out of that, you know, amongst so much more, and you know, the whole science of flow was, um, was, was, you know, the, the, the brain chemistry. Cause normally you'd think going into a flow state or, you know, doing, you know, being at that peak level, your brain would just be like fireworks and lighting up. But, uh, they actually discovered the opposite to be true. So when you went into a flow state, actually, no, like parts of your mind are shutting down. Yep to surrender into the flow. And for me that that was just this massive game changer because for me the only thing that other that really does that without you know having to throw myself down a slope on a snowboard is uh is meditation, right? And I know yeah, and I, yeah, and that's well. the important point that that you know human beings we've been doing this for since the beginning of time. We've been looking for these flow states. So no matter if it's going for the hunt and enjoying the kill back in the day, no matter if it was um, meditating, no matter if it was following a god, whatever your, your chosen god is, no matter if it was licking a frog to see what effect it would have on you or, or taking plant medicine or dancing or chanting, whatever it was, we were all in pursuit of what is now scientifically known as the flow state, right? So it's something that we've been doing for years and years and years. It's not this new age fluffy kind of uh, pseudoscience of these kind of young kids who are looking for the next high. It's not that. It's something that has been with us as a society since the very beginning of time. Now, there's many different 
again, pathways to get you into that flow state. And it could be as simple as, you know, chanting. It could be meditation, but meditation, um, it probably takes you, th- th- there's different, uh, routes to get to the same place. And some of them take a lot more energy, concentration, discipline than others, but they are all getting you to this flow state, this chemical, uh, cocktail of things that happen to your brain that make us feel, you know, timeless, that make us feel like we are just caught in a moment that we don't want to leave. And the thing that I find really, really, really like poetic about the time that we're in now is the fact that I was, uh, again, you know, from Tony Robbins on the weekend, um, it was what you can, it's only what you can measure that you can actually manage. And now that the science is catching up to all this flow technology, you know, like you said, it's ancient, but now we're learning ways to actually like, tap into how can we measure the the amount of flow that we're in yeah. now we can actually manage our flow and see like what practices um i know at, at at the actual flow genome project there's like an exercise where you just go into radical 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 forgiveness for three to four days straight where they where like if you there's like a meter which tells you how well you're forgiving someone and if you're not letting go hard enough you're not doing the exercise and apparently within one day of being there there's been no one that hasn't either completely bowled their eyes out or vomited because it literally has a physical release releasing that obstacle yeah yeah i have this love-hate relationship with with science kind of backing things up and justifying (laughs) (laughs) because i think there's so many mysterious things in the world that that science will never be able to measure but i do truly love that that um that these guys have written this book uh stealing fire and they've put the science behind it to show that this is something that is real it's it's not woo woo it's not fluffy it's actually real so i do love that in this uh in this time that that science has justified it yeah it's beautiful just something touching back on what you were saying before is um you were touching on it a little bit but i really want to go there is uh, is uh, like gut flora um, I know diet is a big thing and because um, I, I think you've been doing you've been I've, I've, I've tried it recently and you've been working with keto a little bit the ketosis yeah. diet as well yep. um, yeah so so like I, I think I really want to get your perspective on it for, for the listeners is you know how like how important is that is that relationship with health um, I know it, it, it's poetic that we're just talking about flow mm. but then also bringing in the diet aspect of that mm. it, it's so it's so important and, and to give you some background <clears throat> to you know my knowledge and experience on this I've had a run-in with cancer twice and I <clears throat> I was asked a question years ago by somebody who was a, a survivor, and they said to me, you need to take responsibility for this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. How and why did you get cancer? And and it really hurt me. It's so heavy, bro. It's so <laughs> heavy. It's so heavy. And when this person said this to me, I was like, how dare you? Like, what are you? As if you're putting this on me. This is genetic. This is not something that I had anything to do with. But actually, after, you know, sitting and really reflecting and looking at it, I could go back five to seven years and I saw the exact patterns of bad nutrition, of bad sleep, of uh, too much stress, and I could see where I fell off the path, right? And then I could see why this, you know, cancer, which is a very natural uh, process in the body that, you know, these cells had unfortunately mutated and they didn't get the, the kill order that the immune system sends when cells start mutating, um, there was a glitch in the system, but I could go back and see exactly at the time where these cancers started growing and manifesting. Now, I really um, believe that it, it's cancer is is lifestyle and it's immune. It's an immune deficiency. It is not, in my opinion, it's not uh, linked as much to your genetics as it is to your lifestyle. Yes, maybe your mum and dad and you know great auntie all had the same thing. But if you have a look, you're probably all living in the same pattern of lifestyle, right? You learn it from your surrounds. You learn it from your parents. So for me, diet is very, very important. And um, and so, you know, years ago, I jumped into the ketogenic diet to see what effect it would have on on cancer. And, and it had a profound effect. And so after that, I, I really started looking at you know, natural medicines and plant medicines to, to heal cancer. And, you know, we, we need the sunlight to survive. We are beings of light. And, uh, if you're not eating anything with natural light in it, you are starving your body nutritionally. And when you do that, the immune system gets run down and shuts down and forgets to do what it does best, which is regulate your system. So I think that nutrition, it's as important as uh, we were talking before. Uh, forgiveness. It's it's something that will ten x your game when you understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for those that those that don't know, the keto diet is one that is high in fats. Yeah, and uh, you you try and basically eliminate as much carbs as you can so that there's no glucose running your system. Is that is do I have a good synopsis of it or that that's that's a pretty good uh, grasp of what it is. So your your body is basically as I can put it has two. Uh, operating systems. One of them is something that we were born with, which is uh, ketosis. Our body produces something called ketones. And when we go into hibernation or when we we're hunters and gatherers and there was a scarcity of food, we would store food whenever we got scared, stress, which is why a lot of people are getting overweight these days. We'll get into that later on, perhaps. Um, but, you know, when you're stressed or when you have to hibernate, your body stores fats. And we are born with this operating system of producing ketones to survive. Now, through the advent of agriculture and modern day society and convenience, we have created the other energy system, which our body was not built for. And that is to burn carbohydrates, turn them into glucose and turn that into energy. Now, it's basically a four step process as opposed to a two step process. And uh, it takes a lot of energy to do that. And we have a lot of inflammation in our bodies when we are living off high carbohydrate, high carbohydrate, low fat diet, um, and add in, you know, processed sugars. And we see that we, uh, we've never been unhealthier as a society. So the ketosis diet, getting into a state of ketosis means that we are having more fats, less carbohydrates, and an absence of sugar. 
Now, when we look at things like cancer cells, an average cancer cell has 90 glucose receptors. A healthy cell has four glucose receptors. So, <laughs> this, this is crazy, right? This is, if, you know, yeah. if I can put it that starkly, when you, wow. uh, when you have these mutated natural process of your cells that mutate, they can only grow in an acidic and, uh, sugar based environment. And so when you are in the ketogenic diet and you're starving your body of sugar, those cancer cells quickly start, uh, dying off. Very, very quickly. So They're not fueling them. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's right. And they, they, they just die off. They can't survive. So, you know, sugar, we all know is, is horrific. Um, and, uh, it's a pandemic of, of modern day society. Um, sugar, inflammation, carbohydrates are causing the inflammation. And, you know, the ketogenic diet just gives your body a chance to get back to nature for a short time. And I don't, you know, profess that it's for everyone, but I think that everyone should cycle in and out of it like uh, like people go in, in and out of intermittent fasting. Give your body a break. Yeah, it's super healthy. Um, I, I want to ask you, so do you think, obviously, you know, there's there's quite a struggle in, um, in what you've just described. Uh, how much of, um, uh, how much of, the the battle that you faced you know going through cancer twice how much of that has formed you know your your new outlook on life and your you know obviously this this you know you taking charge of your passions and going forward is it is it as poetic as it always is you know with everybody always saying you know like i almost lost my life and now it's i've i've you know it's a different perspective altogether you know i know it sounds corny but you know it's People need to hear it, right? Yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty stubborn as a person from the outset, so so I there was a lot of resistance, even though I knew the science or I, I knew what I needed to do and make the changes that I needed to make. But I fought against it um, as much as I, I certainly as I possibly could. But no, there is something um, about having that intervention in your happy, comfortable life. It's that slap in the face that makes you stop. And look around, and I'm now at the place where I truly think it's a gift. I truly think it was a reset button that I was given that other people sometimes don't have, and maybe they they don't have it until they are in a much weaker state. You know, like I I, I truly uh, am grateful that this happened when I was in my late twenties and and mid thirties, um, and I was in a place where I had time to make the change, and it's it's a, truly a gift. Truly, truly a gift. It's really powerful to hear you say that, brother. Um, especially because as a as a meditation teacher, I often talk about how stress is a blessing, and uh, our bodies are always communicating to us. We're just not listening, you know. We're just downing another coffee down the hatchet, and just you know telling it to shut up and push forward. Um, you know, it's our body that's like, you know, oh, you are tired, slow down, and it's like, no, 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 I'll be all right. And it's like, no, take some time out, you know, and it's exactly what you've just shared. But yeah, that yeah, just to have that relationship with your body and yourself is profound. So thank you for sharing when, that. When, when you think of like th- th- this is, it's really depressing to think that you know, we have these two great pandemics at the moment of the body and the mind, and the body is diabetes and cancer. And in America, um, they, you know, the stats are saying that by 2020, 50% of Americans over the age of 18 are going to be pre-diabetic and, uh, and 70% of Americans under the age of 20 are going to be diabetic, right? By 2020. Now that is wow. horrific. 
and that's two years away. <laughs> that's it's so frightening, and and cancer, you know, kills more people. The, the only thing that kills more people is is heart disease now. So cancer is the second biggest killer in the world. And when we think that these things are, are things that we can deal with, we have the science to deal with it. Some of it's sometimes hidden. And it's not in the best interest of companies that, that are for profit to, to share this information, but it's a pandemic of society. And the other is, is depression, you know, and, and I think that these are all linked. It's, it's the, the trinity of, of, uh, modern day lifestyle, the diabetes, cam- cancer and the, the depression. So I think that, you know, we are marching down this very unholy path towards horrible lives because science is going to keep us alive to it you know 120 years old i i hope to be surfing when i'm 110 and and not (laughs) you know not sitting in a wheelchair from the age of 62 complaining about you know aches and pains and everything else so i think that lifestyle will decide if we're that 110 year old surfing or if we're in the wheelchair at the age of 60 and I was given that gift, that slap in the face that made me stop and look for a solution. And I wish more people had that. But, you know, sometimes the slap in the face won't come till much later when it's it's too late. So Profound. Just at the risk of opening up a can of worms, um, you know, I we're sort of touched on it, especially because, you know, we're Open discussing... <laughs> look inside. Go down that path. Yeah. <laughs> Um, food and awakening. Mm. Food and awakening. Um, you know, obviously you're on a spiritual journey and, uh, you know, right, like not rightfully so, everybody's rightfully so on a spiritual journey. Um, but you're in this process of, I guess, you know, safe to say awakening. And, um, you know, food is something that is a big part. And I've just noticed in a lot of people's um, stories that, you know, there's always health as a part of, you know, health and spirituality seem to have this dance together, you know, and maybe they are just the one same thing. But, um, you know, there's obviously a massive conspiracy behind that, which is the can of worms I don't really want to touch on um, because it just, you know, the more we talk about it, the more it just feeds, you know, it doesn't really serve yeah, us, you know, we look at what we change. Yep. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really serve anything. But I just do want to touch on, you know, the fact that people get conscious about their food and they become really awake about, you know, the way our food is processed and society and how everything's running and it's not necessarily working in the best possible way. Um, and then realizing that, you know, okay, let's get conscious about our food, but then they also get conscious about who they are, their purpose, their life and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's people that say now doctors and scientists who are agreeing that the stomach may be the, the first brain, not even the second brain. Um, you know, so going back onto the gut flora and fauna, um, not fauna, sorry, gut flora. There's no animals in that. <laughs> uh, gut flora is- there might be, there might be some animals in mine. I do love. <laughs> uh, I'm always very hungry. I'm always very hungry. <laughs> You know, so there's there's now a lot. Of, there's a big movement to suggest that what we put into our our stomach uh, allows us to create the right chemicals for our emotions, right? And um, you know, if uh, who who was it that said um, I've forgotten it that that feelings and our emotions are the language of the soul. Now, if we believe that on a spiritual level, and then we believe that the stomach is the place that we're creating the right chemicals and those chemicals are turning into emotions and feelings in our brain, then we understand that there's a real connection from nutrition to how we feel. Now, there's a very interesting doctor, Dr. Kelly Brogan, who studied under uh, Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez, who died a few years ago. Um, 
through, you know, suspicious means. Um, he was really at the forefront of treating cancers and things um, with nutrition. Um, but she has, you know, she's doing a great deal of work now with people who are on uh, antidepressants. And what she is doing, she's a clinical psychologist, but what she is doing is working with nutrition to get people off their antidepressant drugs. Now, depress- uh, depression drugs um, are p- perhaps some of the most addictive substances uh, that are on the market these days. Um, and, you know, we've, depression is a chronic disease. And, you know, again, going back to the States, 50 million people are repeat users of antidepressants in the States. Now, what she is doing, she is dealing with getting people off those antidepressants and finding that people are coming out of depression with nothing more than just nutrition and detoxing the gut. Yeah. So it is important. Yeah, Totally. And there's this idea that, um, especially with the gut, um, you know, this is quite a personal topic because I struggled with depression for five to seven years and it was, yeah, you know, it's, and even at the time they're they're so quick to prescribe, (laughs) you know, the medication, you know, it's like, you know, you've got a symptom, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a bullet. And it's just like, no, like what's the root cause? And it's like, you know, get, get yourself feeling better first and then we'll address. And it's like, or maybe, like we said with the stress before, maybe the stress is there because I need to change something intrinsic. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the the gut is this really interesting one because, you know, I've often mentioned this to people is that, you know, you know how after you have a meal, your brain goes into this fog and slows down, and it's because your brain's not getting this supply of GABA, which is what your brain basically uses as food. It's the it's the microchemical or what like excuse me, I'm sort of just painting a picture here. Um, But the only other process that uses GABA in your body is your gut when it's digesting. Mm. Um, And that's why a lot of people, there's a lot of research into why you feel so clear after fasting during in a fasted state is because your brain can just tune into so much more. There's an abundance of the chemicals it needs to function its processes. Um, But yeah, and it's just that whole, the whole body talks to itself through nutrition and diet and, Yep. We had a naturopath on, um, uh, was it last ep- episode before last? And, uh, something I think you really appreciate is, um, he, he discussed how, you know, we're, uh, our cells are always expressing themselves. And so their, their expression is the, is, is a result of the conversation we're having with each morsel that we put in our face. You know, yep. every time we, <laughs> we eat, it's like a conversation with, with the, with the food that we're having. Mm. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. It, it it's so important, and you know, there's a lot of research now that's coming out. Um, it's alternative research, but it's coming out to to suggest that the antidepressant drugs are causing a great deal of inflammation in the gut, and that inflammation in the gut and in the brain um, is therefore causing more depression. Right. So so the detoxing of the body is allowing people to you know, get out of that inflamed place and, um, and get off the, you know, start allowing the body to create the happy chemicals that we need and, and people are coming out of depression. So I think that there's many, you know, um, I don't profess to, to, to have a great deal of knowledge on this and I'm certainly not a professional, but 
I truly believe that um, we all have these intervening events in life that can dip us into depression. Like every day it happens, right? And again, it's it, it could be ego or it could be us tying ourselves too tightly to things and not being able to forgive. There's a there's a you know whole host of these reasons that can intervene and give us these depressed feelings. But I think that when you are limiting the gut's ability, the stomach's ability to create the emotions that will allow you to see past that depression, you very quickly get caught in that depression. So I think it's not something that, you know, there's, oh, my God, shock horror, somebody's depressed. Um, I wonder what happened to them that they're depressed. No, no, no. I think it's an intervening event that happens to every single person in the world. And if you're... Uh, chemicals in the body starting from your gut are not right to allow you to see past this as just an event, you can get caught in it. And so I, I truly don't think that, that mental health um, is something that should be shamefully discussed in dark corners of rooms. I think if you've got physical health and you've got a brain, then you've clearly got mental health. And um, if you're not feeding yourself the, 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 the right foods to nourish your brain or your body, then depression is just something that it's a hurdle that you get caught on. I think this uh, is quite poetic because it brings it full, uh, almost full, full circle to what you were saying at the beginning as well. You know, I, I get the impression that, you know, it's similar to what you shared with your with your story. Um, is uh, is it's, it's it's an opportunity for us to come back to ourselves. It's about being selfish and taking that time out to sort of come back to the self and perhaps you know reinvigorating that cup that you know you want to fill up first mm. before you go helping other people. Yep. Um, yeah. So, just on that note, you're obviously on a journey, um, becoming a become. A, I guess I've heard you say it a few times, but uh, on the journey of becoming a better person. Yeah. Um, and and you've you've you know I've tuned into the idea, which is something that really resonates for me is is leaning into fear, mm. um, on that journey. And uh, yeah, what is what you know what does that look like for you these days, leaning into your fear? Well, this is one of them, you know, this podcast. This was this was very, very difficult to do only a few weeks ago. The very thought of getting online and, and posting these things, like the fear of people listening and, you know, chuckling away to themselves going, oh, God, this guy's an idiot and doesn't know what he's talking about. That, that was a huge fear for me. And, um, you know, in my experience, good things are always on the other side of this fear. So the more I lean into it, the more great results I have and um, you know you've got to take risks to become a game changer and you can't sit there in the comfort zone because nothing good is ever in the comfort zone you know mm. so um, you know for me it's it's leaving the known very shortly which uh, is replacing myself and some of the businesses that I'm in now and taking a sabbatical taking a year off and, and going and getting on a yacht and doing a lot more of these podcasts and learning more about myself. I'm really going to try and hack myself or maybe not hack, but, uh, you know, just perform better and, and learn how my body works better through a lot of hard work. Maybe it's not just a hack. Yeah. <laughs> a year long sabbatical sounds like a blessing. Um, Doesn't sound actually nice. Nat, no, actually Nat, the first, uh, the first po uh, podcast interview on, on inspired evolution, she talks a lot about her sabbatical. So it might be something you'd want to tune into. She's, a wealth of wisdom as well when she explained she did the Camino de Santiago which is that trek through Spain to 11 day trek uh, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's 500 kilometers or something something ridiculous on foot and um, and then From she France went and lived to in Spain, India right? yeah, yeah yeah that's the one wow and uh, she 
Yeah, it cha- like that changed her life. And then she went and lived with Amma, the I don't know if you know who Amma is, but for six months in um for six months in India. Mm-hmm. And uh perfect little segue because I know you you you've enjoyed the autobiography of a yogi, have you not? Oh my goodness. Life changing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I found that through the, the the guy who had on the, the podcast a few weeks ago, Tony Floreal. He he introduced me to it and I thought, what is this book? And I went straight out and bought it and uh yeah, fantastic. Isn't it amazing? Like it's it's oh. a it's a dense ch- it's a dense chunk of reading, but it, it flows and it's written like no other book. Oh, it's you so get through amazing. it so easy. You yeah. <laughs> don't want to put it down. No, it's it's so well written. Yeah. I um I knowing that it's your favorite book, a question that I had of you was um, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk of um, you know, and this might sound kind of, you know, me being you know, playing a bit of a race card, but I, I grew up Indian. So for me, you know, miracles are something that we're, you know, it's, it's like bread and butter, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, there's reference to miracles in that book. And I was just, you know, curious to get, you know, um, your perspective on it as a, as a, you know, someone with a Western background as to what, how you felt when you read, you know, the readings of, you know, I guess certain, um, certain, it's not priest isn't the right word, but, you know, people being in two places at the same time, you know, that's obviously, quite a miraculous occurrence. What's going on in your head when you hear stuff like that in a book like that? What's going on in my head? I'm looking for the appendix to, to read more about how I understand that miracle. Like I, I truly, I'm a believer. How much flow do I need to be in to manifest it? <laughs> like, you know, I, I truly believe that there is a great mystery to life that I want to learn about until the very day I die. So these things, I, I don't chuckle at anything and say, oh, that's absolute nonsense. I'm always like, how and where? And, you know, how can I have some of that, right? So um, no, I, truly, I truly believe these things. I, I truly believe that the mind is an amazing, amazing thing and life is vibration frequency and we can do much, much more than what we believe we can with our five senses and and uh being in the the physical world so i i'm a huge believer and and i've had things happen to me that have really made me believe in them um you know and i think that my grandfather was a very very wise man and he gave me some uh some knowledge when i was very young and forced me to meditate on something with purpose and it manifested itself six months later. And that whole six months, I doubted and I was kind of saying to him, oh, you've wasted my time. I've been sitting there bloody doing this meditation and nothing good has come of it. And six months later, exactly what I was wanting to happen out of the blue happened. It wasn't something that I physically had any control over. It was something random that manifested and made me think, holy shit, there's something to this, right? And now as I get older, I understand that the that, that vibration of frequency is everything, you know, and there's real science behind it. So do I believe in the miracles? I absolutely do. Mm, beautiful. Mm. If I, uh, just on the on the vein of uh, slowly coming towards a wrap-up, like if there was one book that you could distribute to your loved ones, like one last book, you know, bef- you know what would that book be for you? Ah, oh, you know, it, it's tough to say. I have given all of my friends for their birthdays for many, many years the uh, the Prophet by by Khalil Gibran because I, oh, I just, I just yes, it's oh, so you've good. Just, you've just won my heart over yeah. a million times. My my mother oh. used to read it to me as I was oh. when I was a kid. And, and I've, so I've grown up with this book and, and I love, I just give that book and it's just such a gift to, to give that book to people. Oh, man. 
Um, but I do realize also that some people find it a little bit tough to get into. They're like, ah, oh, it's a bit wishy washy and there's a bit too much poetry and there's, it's, if, if they do, I've got a little, I've got a little hack for you. There's a, a Summer Nayak. She's in a, she's in a little kids. It's, it's, it's a, it's a cartoon. Okay. Um, but it's for adults because okay. the themes are deep. It's poetry. Um, and it's called The Prophet. And it's this hour and a half and it's got some of his best pieces. And, um, yeah, there are some amazing musicians and they compose the poetry into music and it's all animated. Um, I'll send you a link to it after this. Oh, I'll be please send, do. I'll definitely please do. Oh, I would man. love that. Yeah, I would love yeah. that. Oh, that, that. That's one that I would give to people. And then, you know, I think that there's oh, – books are just such magic. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, why, that's why I only ask for one. That's why I only <laughs> no, ask for one. I make it strict. Just one. That's beautiful. The prophet, Khalil Gibran. And, and um, another one might be the uh... – <laughs> Getting cheeky. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got to say Hello, hello. And uh, The Alchemist, yeah. it's – it's just an easy read and it just it touches on that miracle at the end and it's just it it puts things into a beautiful picture I think for people as well. So th- those two would be books I think, you know, that I'd pass on to Perfect. me. Yeah. Um a question I want to ask you is especially you is if you could erect a billboard in Times Square in New York, yeah? What what would your what would your billboard read? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, that is a tough one because it's got to be catchy. So there's got to be some marketing to it, but I think it would basically, succinct too. Yeah. it's got to be succinct too. Right. But so I think it would just really be something like be yourself. I think it would be short and, and poignant and, and hopefully it would be thought provoking, but I think it would just say be yourself and a big f- fingerprint under it. Because I think that if there is a purpose to life, it, it's really just about understanding who you are and, and the older and wiser you get and the more, uh, evolved you become, you understand that there's nothing shameful about bearing all and, and being vulnerable and being who you are. Like maybe when you're a bit younger, you try and hide that because there's nothing to lose if people don't like you. You just assume a slightly different part of your identity and go back into the ring. And, and so there's nothing to lose, right? People don't like you and you say, well, that's not really me. That was just a part of me that you didn't like, right? So, but I think that as you get older, you get more comfortable with saying, this is me. You, you like it or you don't like it, but this is who I am. And I, I don't need to be overly apologetic about who I am. Even as you get older, I wonder if it takes, um, still takes courage to do that um, because I say, I bring that in because I'm sure you've you might have experienced something the same with starting out a podcast for me you know there's been this overwhelming response to the podcast um, but people inherently instead of not 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 instead but there's been more messages um, reflecting on my courage to do something like this than messages saying congratulations you've got a podcast mm right it's not congratulations you've got a podcast which you know i'm not looking for that but i've the like you know you'd expect that more so than oh my god how courageous you went and did this and it was like wow okay i'm just trying to be more myself right and you're seeing courage in that you know and i think that for me has been this i've been sitting with that for a while just to sort of reflect how hard it can be to be yourself you know and i think that's a really powerful message that you've shared um, 
you know, and I think it takes courage. Like, and I wonder if that courage, you know, is, is called on us again and again, as we go down the track, even as we get older. Um, because what I've, what I've been learning about courage recently as well is, you know, courage is not silencing the fears. It's still having the fears, but do it like basically saying, I'm going to do it anyway. Confronting them, overcoming them. Yeah. Absolutely. And that comes back to you leaning into your fears. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's a nice thing that people are saying that because from where they're sitting, you've done something that's extraordinary, right? It's something that they see is a huge, there's, there's a bridge from where they are to, to where they need to be. And that bridge is kind of bravery in their mind, right? So it's, uh, it, it speaks a lot about where they're coming from, their mental state that they said to you, congratulations on the bravery or having the courage to do this. Because in their mind, that's a major hurdle that they, they just don't want to overcome. And I often wonder if, um, if in today's time there is, you know, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but whether there's, you know, I know a lot of people might not resonate with the idea of an archetype, but I wonder if there's a lack of, you know, just an archetype for a warrior in today's present society. Like, what does a warrior look like? You know, is he in a suit at a desk or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's still the warrior is still very primitive, but he's not successful, you know. Um, and I guess in that vein, who like who would you say to you is, you know, two or three names that I guess to you uh, embody success? Um, that's a really tough question. I, I, I think that, you know, my, my ideal of success has absolutely changed now. It's, it's people who are on that kind of, that hero's path that they are becoming spiritual warriors. I, I really don't look so much at people, um, in their success of their business and say, wow, they've done something unless they're doing something that really contributes to, uh, rising, you know, the rest of humanity. Um, I think it's people who have gone through r- real shit storms and come out the other side and they're better, stronger people. So I think it's, it's, um, you know, I could probably come up with some names that no one's ever going to know, uh, because they're just people in, in circles that I, that I run in. But I think it's just people who are, are determined to do something better and overcome their fears and be in a place where other people look up to them and say, wow, that's extraordinary. I wish I could be like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Kind of dodged that a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, but it was, I think the message was, I think the message was, was powerful. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess the last question, um, mm. who are you beyond your identity or your story? Ha, <sighs> I'm, uh, an infinite being. Um, I'm one glorious ectoplasm of humanity and light and, and spiritual energy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to tap into this. I truly believe that I will get there at one stage. I'm not there now. But I think that, you know, the, the very core of who I am is, is somebody here who, um, I don't think I'm overly selfish in the things that I want. I am always about the rising tide. So if, if, um, I could get to that p- point where I could identify who I am away from my ego or who people see me as or how I think people see me as it's, it's somebody who is here to, to support and, uh, and help others. I think that that would be the easiest way to put it. Contribution. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Infinite contribution. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, 
Lachlan, here at Inspiral Evolution, we really appreciate what you've done. And man, I was super excited to have you on because there's, you know, the Freedom Project is in such a such a congruence, you know, to, to everything and, and the frequencies of we're both on this mission together. And you talk a lot about building a tribe around that. And I feel really passionate about that as well. Mm. And um, yeah, and I just really want to thank you for being who you are. And uh yeah, brother. On Inspired Evolution, we love the human journey and we wish you well on yours. And, uh, yeah, a big motto that's come out of this is just to stay dynamic as well. So thank you. Thank you, brother. And I would love to have you on the Freedom Project at some stage as well. Oh, I think I we cannot gonna- wait. I awesome. cannot wait. Let's make it happen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 